Waves in the Finiverse. There's some growing concern, especially the last couple of years, is that do we need to burn this amount of energy to secure a blockchain? So now the only question is, how do we find out that someone is someone and it's not a fake bot? So it's that Twitter thing about the, the bot problem. So on the blockchain, it exists as well. A lot of users did not care three years back when we first started. All investors cared back then were just chasing yields. But now, transparency is getting becoming more and more important now. I'm Walter Jennings, and this is Waves in the Finiverse. Joining us in this week's episode are the two co-founders of Cake DeFi, the world's fastest-growing DeFi platform. Julian Hosp, CEO, and Yuzim Chua, CTO, joined us in the booth for a conversation about the right ingredients that have made Cake DeFi such a success, and also the introduction of their new enterprise-grade solution. Welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, Cake DeFi is known as the world's fastest growing DeFi platform. Now, uh, for our listeners, uh, let's begin with kind of picking apart DeFi and or decentralized finance and the role of Cake DeFi. Sure. Um, decentralized finance started, I think, around uh, end of 2018, early 2019. So it's a very uh, technologically advanced and also very taxing to use it for a lot of users. So Cake DeFi started around 2019, I mean, in 2019, uh, mid 2019. So we started this to bring DeFi in a way that's very easy for user to use DeFi without having to understand uh, what what smart contracts are, what uh, being, able, being able to read solidity, being able to know how to manage private keys. A lot of users, they just want to use DeFi, generate yields, you want to do some swaps, you want to do some transactions on DeFi. So you come to Cake for that. We provide a very easy, simple access to DeFi that uh, any user who understand how money works would know how to use Cake DeFi to generate cash flow, to, to, to use it to do swaps, to do one token to another. So this is what we bring uh, on, on Kick DeFi. Yeah, so the two of us, I think we've been in crypto for quite some time. And uh, the one pain point that we always felt was there's no cash flow in your crypto. So you just store your Bitcoins or your ETH, but there's no real cash flow. And uh, yeah, we always thought it wouldn't it be great to have a way where, yeah, you're going to get a yield on, on, on your investment, uh, not just you wait on the speculation of price up or down, but you can actually get a yield. And so that's how everything started. Right. So prior to Cake DeFi, you would have been a hodler uh, holding on for dear life, uh, letting the crypto coins bank up in your account. Uh, what are the options for crypto holders now with Cake DeFi? So we um, so Cake DeFi is not an exchange. So you can go from one token to the other by going through DeFi service itself. So we integrate swap on Fantastic. on DeFi so you can go from token to the other completely through decentralized finance as it meant to be so there's no counterparty that you have to transact with you just going through a smart contract you get things out of that and on top of that as well uh, the other things that we, we provide are staking so you can stake your ETH you can stake your Dash and uh, DFI on our platform you can generate yield on that in a very, very open and transparent manner. It started with staking uh, in 2019. It's a consensus algorithm, um, is very popular. Uh, we have lending and borrowing 
uh, very typical traditional business in this case via the blockchain. There's liquidity mining, which is super innovative, uh, sometimes a bit difficult to understand for newbies, but very high yield, sometimes 100% a year. Then you have this concept of decentralized tokenization, also not that easy to understand. That's why a lot of yield. And then you mix between all those and try to get uh, yeah, a bit of a kind of uh, average or a kind of diversify into the various options. Let's talk about staking. Uh, so um, I am a, a hypothetical holder of a wallet with a number of coins in that. What is staking mean and what does that provide users? So blockchain operates around consensus. So you need miners or you need staking uh, stakers to, to to, to manage the consensus of a blockchain. Uh, so for a proof of work coin right, like, like Bitcoin, you would exchange electricity, you would do some mining to, to secure the Bitcoin blockchain itself. So for coins like ETH right now, that they move to a proof of stake. So what you do is you take your ETH, you then stake it, uh, basically to participate in the consensus of ETH, and in exchange for that, you're gonna get a return for the ETH that you, uh, you participate in the consensus staking. If you have a centralized infrastructure, let's say a bank, then the bank decides what your bank account looks like. So if you transfer money, the bank says, yeah, sure, I'm transferring that money, I'm taking it out of your account, and I'm giving it to someone else. In a decentralized system where there is no bank by design, it's a bit harder to kind of confirm that you have actually spent that money and someone else actually received it. So the way this is done is more of a democratic principle where as long as more than half of all the participants agree that you actually spend that money, it becomes set in stone. So now the only question is, how do we find out that someone is someone and it's not a fake bot? So it's that Twitter thing about the, the bot problem. So on the blockchain, it exists as well. Bitcoin solves this by you having to solve mathematical calculations, burning energy, proof of proof. work. Proof of work. Correct. And then in staking, you have to lock up funds. So you have to prove of stake and that makes you give uh, that gives you the right to basically say yes I'm part of those 50 something percent that you actually spend that money right so proof of stake is that people have put the coin on deposit and if there's adequate amounts uh, deposited then that allows transactions to go ahead with enough correct it, it allows you basically to secure the blockchain but that's what many people call it by you confirming and, and stating now you're not normally you don't do this you let computers do all that but the computers still need that kind of money as a as a stake to prove that they have a say and so that and, and you you're not gonna lock up funds for nothing so you want to get a return and so the way you get the return is on the one hand you get the transaction fees and at the same time many blockchains always have a little bit of a inflation incentive reward for those stakers and so that's what you perceive as five to fifty percent per year as yield and what benefits do proof of stake have over proof of work proof of work uh, works uh, for over 10 years or so, but there's some growing concern, especially the last couple of years, is that do we need to burn this amount of energy to secure a blockchain? Um, because the blockchain itself actually doesn't need that much energy to secure it. So natural progression for that is to then go to proof of stake because if you want to stake a coin and you want to extend it to users who are already part of that ecosystem, and it's also arguably that it's more secure than proof of work uh, moving forward. So we've seen Ethereum, one of the largest coin in the world, uh, move to proof of stake, and it's 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 been tested for many many years, and it's uh, it's going it's working really well. And we see this is the way forward for a lot of coins moving forward. 
Right. Now, if I go to a bank and I deposit my money, it doesn't matter what dollar bills they give me back. Uh, uh, yet, with coins, some of them have unusual provenance and uh, could be considered dirty coins. How does Cake DeFi provide me that certainty that the coins I give you are the coins I get back? So when users deposit funds onto the platform, we do check and trace that this is all clean and we always get a risk score. The coins that get created out of staking, by definition, they are clean because they get created fresh from the protocol and you basically produce them. So they're, yeah, these are 100%. Many times, that's actually interesting fun fact for people to know. Uh, many times what's called the Genesis coins, so coins that come out of the block reward, many times actually trade at a small premium in comparison to all the other coins because they don't have any issues with tainted history. Great. I also understand you've got uh, lending and liquidity mining. Uh, uh, tell us about these other services. So lending works uh, just like you would in a very traditional traditional uh, financial institutions where you would lend uh, money to a borrower. So the way that we do it differently is you know who you're facing and we do it also through smart contracts. So you know who you're facing, you know who you're lending to uh, instead of doing it like a black box, black box model where uh, you're just going to get a yield and you don't know who you're who you're facing. Uh, and for liquidity mining, the things that you're doing there to generate yield is you're providing liquidity to uh, to an exchange to a decentralized exchange. And in exchange for that, you're going to get a yield um, from, from, from there. There have been some periods of market volatility. Uh, what happens if you're in a longer term contract for lending? Uh, have you seen uh, challenges managing the, the, the market volatility? It has been. We do see quite a bit of movement in the space the last uh, couple of months or so. Uh, but one thing that's really, really clear now, we've seen a tremendous growth at Cake DeFi, contrary to a lot of people think, because I think what this teaches the last few um, six months or so in, in the market is that people are now demanding transparency. They want to know where the yields are coming from. They want to know what all this thing is, where, where all this 20% yield is coming from. Is, is this, uh, where, 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 how, do you, how, how do you print money with all this thing? And with what we provide, we provide a very clear transparency on where all these yields are coming from. So there's no black box at, at Cake DeFi. And we've seen a tremendous growth the last two months that people are demanding that more and they're coming to Cake to, to sign up. Yeah, no, look, it's uh, proven to be fairly popular because you've just crossed the 1 million user mark. Congratulations on that. Um, what is it about Cake DeFi that has kind of captured that user base? Is it the offering or is it the customer experience? Uh, what's, the, what's the magic in the sauce? Jeff Bezos uh, from Amazon always had this famous saying that said, "Think of, when you design a product, think about three things that customers will love today and they will love in 10 years and make sure that your product is designed around that. So we asked ourselves this, when it comes to DeFi, when it comes to cash flow, what are people? What are three things that people really care about? So you mentioned one, which is great user experience, and we really focus on that. Very simple, frictionless, very easy plug and play kind of solution. So that's key. The second one, attractive returns. Obviously, it's not about the, only the amount of returns, but based on the risk. So we always try to kind of find that good balance. So any kind of coin that we add, I mean, we cannot vouch for the coin or for the blockchain, but we try to kind of add things that we would also invest our own money in. And, and that's a key thing. And the last one that I feel is the most important one is that of transparency. So we built 100% of our products around transparency. In 2019, 
No one cared about that. It was all about rates and yield. This year, with Terra Luna completely collapsing and Three Arrows and Celsius and Hodlnot and I don't know what other platform, suddenly everyone talks about transparency. And so, because we had designed our products that way and we had never, for us it has always been a no-go to do anything different, that's why we have been winning. The difference that we bring to compared to the other platforms are transparency. Um, we, whenever all the use that we get that you see on our platform itself, they are not forward promise that we pay out to our users. They are in fact tracked on the DeFi protocols that users get into, what the use that they're getting. So they get to see where these users are coming from and track where all the funds are. This is, I think, the key difference that we bring to the whole uh, CFI space. So we call ourselves CDFI. I think there's more and more um, people are coming up in the space now to provide DeFi service in a way that's very transparent and yet not having to manage all these private keys on your own. Uh, the transparency part is where a lot of users did not care. Three years back when we first started, it all, all um, uh, investors care. Back then, was just chasing yields, but now transparency is getting becoming more and more important now. Just to define a term you use, CFI, that's centralized finance, versus DeFi, uh, decentralized finance. So um, just helping our listeners understand the differences. Now, um, you're a leader in the industry of DeFi or decentralized finance. And uh, what we've been hearing quite frequently, and when we look around the booth here, we see a lot of participants from CFI or centralized finance. You know, there's a, there seem to be a lot of great meshing of the gears together. Uh, how much, if at all, do you cross into the CFI world and how are DeFi and CFI working together? I think that's a really beautiful question. Um, in 2019, we started really focusing on this idea of CDFI, where centralized finance is great because it's centralized, has good user experience. Um, it is, you have customer support, um, everything is super efficient. Um, sure, you have traditional finance that is also CFI, which is banks and can be super archaic, but if you look at some of the fintechs, they can be super innovative, super easy to use. Um, the DeFi space itself is actually very hard to use because it means you are the bank, you have to do everything. And so what we did was try to merge those together. We call it CDFI because we try to get the best out of the CFI world with great customer experience, great platform, great onboarding, uh, great helping. But at the same time, we want to stick to the principles of DeFi, which means full transparency, full access into all those protocols, no black boxing. We put ourselves into the same side of the customers. What customers love is that we don't charge them unless the customers make money. So it's this win-win kind of strategy, what DeFi always is. It's this democratization of finance, and, and we stick to those principles. So that's where the CDFI concept comes from. Using when you founded Cake DeFi, what problem were you trying to solve? A lot of users in the crypto space, so I've been in the space for over 10 years and we have been investing in coins and, and, and tokens. And what we did back then was just holding on to those coins and betting or, or hoping that the price would go up with more increasing utility. So hodlers holding hodlers. on for dear life. Exactly, that's <laughs> what I did. So we did see that a lot of users, while they hold on to that coin, you can actually generate you love that. So. When we started in 2019, we do see a movement that uh, there's more financial products coming on the decentralized space. And for our mission is to bring this in a very easy and understandable way to retail. 
and that's what we did and i think we have been really successful with that um yeah waves in the finiverse the podcast speaking to the people making waves in finance fintech crypto web3 and beyond For the last three years, you've been very focused on the retail market, the individual investors, but I understand now there is Cake DeFi Enterprise version. It's interesting that crypto kind of took off in the retail space and then institutions follow. Usually it's the other way around. Tell us about your latest offering. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason for that is that just the retail is, is it's easier for retail to be innovative and, and adaptive. And I think for institutions, this takes always a bit longer. Um, we have just seen, especially last year, 2021, that large institutions come to us, fintechs, banks, and say, hey, the, the offering that you have for retail is outstanding. It's completely transparent. Is there any way how we can use that as well for our customers? We don't want to give you our funds. We don't want to give you our customers. But is there any way how we can work together? And this was not possible last year. And so we worked this entire year on having a white labeling solution of the service that we have built for our customers and provide that to the enterprise side. And so, yeah, we're launching this here during the FinTech Festival. Everything's gonna be ready in Q1 next year. So it's just perfect kind of time over the next three months for everyone. And the, I mean, the feedback from institutions has been unbelievable. It's been, really, it's been incredible. Like, you, I can really see how, and again, it comes from scratching your niche. It comes from, like, us needing that and then seeing a lot of businesses who want that and, and us delivering that. From our experience the last three years, we did see that a lot of uh, what we built there for our users, for investors, a lot of institutions also want the same thing. You want to generate yield on your crypto holdings. A lot of institutions have crypto on their balance sheet as well, and they want to generate yield. But what they can't, what they cannot do is that they cannot have the crypto sitting on other people's balance sheet. You can put it on a centralized platform and, uh, and not control of your keys. So what we do is we take out the great things about Cake DeFi and extend it to institutional users to generate yield. And they manage their own private keys. They manage everything. You you get all the user friendliness of Cake DeFi while retaining full control of your digital asset. That's what we bring with Enterprise. And we're here today to launch uh, the Enterprise platform uh, to talk to, in, to industry um, um, players and talk, talk to, uh, talk, tell them about Enterprise solutions. Oh, fantastic. And what are the types of companies that you're targeting with this enterprise solution? We are targeting any companies that have cryptos in their balance sheet, uh, typically um, the funds, the family offices, um, the financial institutions, uh, basically any companies that have cryptos on their balance sheet and they want to generate yield on their, on their cryptos. Uh, and not lose control of their cryptos. It's so interesting when we were talking back in 2020 about institutional investors, we were wondering when would they get into crypto? Uh, and then in last year was, you know, how do they hold it without actually having taking possession of the coin? But uh, obviously the, the technologies have improved a lot. So we see a lot more institutions with ownership of the actual uh, utility tokens or coins themselves. So this provides them new options. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think there's a trend that's very obvious now that a lot of funds, uh, a lot of institutions are getting to crypto holding on their balance sheets and and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, users are also uh, more educated now to to to, to demand uh, especially in institutions to demand a uh, control of their cryptos uh, while not losing uh, the yield part of the cryptos. 
Definitely, but taking a retail product and uh, reconfiguring it for institutional use uh, sounds like a bit of a challenge. What were some of the, the bigger obstacles you faced in order to get this enterprise ready? That's a great, great question. So uh, when we design something for, for our own use, for our uh, retail use, we can make a lot of assumptions that you can, uh, for a typical fund, you want to have multiple uh, signatories to, to move a certain fund. But the same uh, assumptions cannot be made for institutions because we need to build a variable stock product that institutions may want to define. Uh, let's say a fund below um, $100 movement, you don't need uh, someone to sign because you don't want to wake up in the middle of the night to having to sign a $50 transaction. So you can define all of that on KT5 Enterprise without, um, without having to make any, uh, without, without us making any assumptions on how you want to define it. Uh, so that's uh, the core part. And also on the tech part, where we build a lot of our services on, on, on cloud computing. And as we talk to institutional um, um, institutions, we also find out that a lot of them have their own uh, hosting solutions, have their own cloud providers. So we need to make our solution work with uh, their cloud providers and also their own bare metal service if they want to. So that's what we bring. Um, no, that's fantastic. What are the barriers to growth at Cake DeFi? I think, I mean, some is always the entire environment. It's the, the economy. It's how people feel. I mean, it, sure, we are in the investment space. So if people really have to check um, their wallet at the end of the month because uh, yeah, there's just more time than money, then, well, it's difficult to entice them to invest money into something like crypto. So obviously that always has a massive factor. And then I think the second one is just always a bit education because there would be ways how people would basically get more money to have a bit more time at the end of the month, but it, it needs education. So you need to teach them how DeFi works, how the various services work, what's, what, what's staking, what's lending, what are the various risks, what are the upsides. So again, that's why we are changing a lot on our entire marketing is more into education now. It's more in the, in the information and it's a little bit of entertainment also because I always feel, you know, when you put a smile on people's, like, there's always this famous quote, what's better than a great keynote? A funny, great keynote. And so it's the same here, right? If you, what's better than great information? It's funny, great information. And so I think that's the kind of approach we're taking right now and it works really well. Now, uh, one of the um, bigger challenges in decentralized finance is it's borderless and uh, you're a fast growing company. How are you managing the growth globally or are you concentrating on certain markets uh, as you scale? Um, we accept customers from all non-sanctioned regions or regions that are not on the OVAC list, we accept all those customers. And so we have customers, I think, from 100 different countries. But we do focus on certain regions where um, we just, on the one hand, either feel that customers are very attracted to DeFi or where it's just a very interesting demographic. So we, we do have certain campaigns and certain marketing activities in various regions. But in general, we ac accept everyone. Um, we do, of course, uh, do full KYC checks. We follow all the money know your laundering. customer. Correct. All the money laundering guidelines. Um, we uh, fraud detection. We um, any kind of uh, counter terrorist financing measures. So we have to do all those. And that's again, that's the CFI part. Um, and I also want to mention. I mean, this always brings up a little bit of a friction with the DeFi purists who then say, "Hey, you know, you're actually not doing that." But my counter to that is, but in return. I have 1.3 million customers that I bring into that ecosystem that couldn't do it themselves or wouldn't want to do it themselves. They appreciate the help that we provide them, right? So I do understand if, if you can do it all yourself and you want to do it all yourself, please go for it, right? There's nothing stopping you. We just want to 
we, we attract those customers that, that are absolutely fine with the additional measures and in return, get the handholding, get the customer experience, get the easy access. And yeah, so that's where the win-win comes from. Well, um, Yusin, you introduced Cake DeFi in 2019 and in early 2020 began the pandemic. Uh, you've grown significantly over the three years. As CTO, how have you been winning the war for talent? Because I imagine the coders, developers, and programmers you require are in heavy demand. Yes, um, so there's two parts of that. One is we are lucky to be based right here in Singapore where there's a very high concentration for tech talent. So we have been able to get the best people in the industry, especially engineers working uh, in crypto or even outside of crypto. We want to work with great engineers, even if you don't have crypto backgrounds because great engineers are great, great engineers. You don't need, you can pick up all that on uh, as you work with us. And the other thing as well, with the growth of crypto, with the growth of blockchain, and we launched uh, a birthday research, basically an R&D lab, and we have been putting out a lot of open source software in the space. So that helps to bring, uh, to spread the words on what we do and uh, engineers see that. And naturally that's a pool factor that a lot of them just come to us and uh, can we work with you? Because that's a great thing that you guys are working. I want to be part of you. Now, Jillian, we were speaking earlier and you're from Europe uh, and I've clearly got an American Australian accent as everyone can tell, but um, are you're based here in Singapore. Uh, why here and um, how's Asia Pacific as a market for you? I think Singapore is one of the regions in the world that has at least taken a stance how they see crypto. Um, I'm not saying that stance in Singapore is perfect. I don't think it's perfect, but what is perfect? At least they've taken a stance. And I think that's what makes it good for us as a company and as a platform. Um, would I sometimes wish that certain things were handled easier or some stricter in Singapore? For sure. But these are things that the government here is working on. And so if you look in the entire world, there's many governance, uh, governments, countries that just haven't taken any stance. So as a company, you really, I think there's like, the only thing that's worse than bad regulation is no regulation because you have so much uncertainty. Yeah. I know that so many purists, they love the no regulation part, but it just makes everything so tricky and so difficult. And that's where I just think Singapore from a crypto standpoint is fantastic. I love that uh, Singapore is very entrepreneurial. Yep. Um, it's very safe for a young family. It's uh, very open. It's very multicultural. And it, I, I just really love that. So I, I actually originally in 2014, in 2015, I came for crypto. I stayed for the country. Now, yeah, no, regulatory uh, certainty is critical. And um, how do you as CEO manage a fast growing company? What are the pain points? What keeps you up at night? Sure, on the one hand, it's always customers. And on the other hand, team. I think team, the major thing on hiring is just always keeping the culture. I am very proud of, if I, if I think of myself, like when people ask me, what do you do as the CEO? I always say I do two things. I'm a project manager for the entire company and I'm chief culture officer. So I just make sure that the culture in the company stays strong, stays on the one hand startup-y, but at the same time stays structured. And so that that is, I think, the main pain point if you ask me, just hiring aggressively, adding people, but keeping the culture. I think on the customer side, it's uh, it. I, I think we've really changed, especially over the past couple of months with the market sentiment. We've shifted more from a performance from a strict performance marketing where that just worked really well in 2020 2021 where customers just love to, to to spend money on crypto and come into crypto because they felt there was only one direction which was up and now 
people really need to have a bit of a strong educational standpoint. They need to have they need to understand the service better. They, which is great. I mean, this is yeah. this is where the industry should be going. And so we focus way more on content, uh, way more in this educational kind of direction. And and so that to me is just always the the approaches um, that on the customer and on the team side that I look for. Yeah, no, I've um, uh, heard repeated many a time that uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast uh, and you can have the best business strategy, but if you don't nail culture, you're going to just keep churning through people. No, and look, um, so I, I don't think there's a single company that ever says, oh, I don't care about culture, but I promise you only a very small percentage really, really cares, really executes well, and I would pride myself that I that we belong to this 1%. Now, um, I want to back up a little bit, uh, using when we spoke earlier before the show, you mentioned you'd been uh, in Bitcoin since 2009. Uh, tell us a bit about your journey. I've been into uh, software development, especially on the cybersecurity part for most part of my life, uh, doing a lot of uh, cryptography, a lot of cybersecurity things. And I remember one uh, sometime late 2019, where uh, 2009, where I stumbled upon a uh, posting on a security forum about Bitcoin. And when I read through that that posting, it just occurs to me that this is a great great use case of cryptography to to change the, the the world on how money could be could be handled. It wasn't clear back then, but the 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 great use case of cryptography to build something that can be managed without any central party that's a, a great thing and just draw me in from the first point when i see it and then from then on just keep building more and more uh tech i've been involved in the tech scene especially and i also remember clearly where we we uh when we participated in a forum where satoshi was still there actively in that forum and never in our mind that he would just uh disappear one day and never mm -hmm. return now, um, uh, we're here reporting live from Singapore Fintech Festival, and other than Cake DeFi, what are some of the exciting developments or technologies you're seeing uh, on the during the course of the festival this week? I mean, I think a lot of is centered around DeFi and the Web3 space, so the entire kind of metaverse, NFT kind of side. I think NFT metaverse, it's a, I think it's a step behind in DeFi, where I think we've seen this very first kind of hype cycle now, and now it's kind of catching breasts and now I think it needs to weed out the not so smart ideas and the smart ideas need to survive. But I think that's where we're seeing right now. We're seeing a bit of a mix also between what's called NFT Fi, which is like a mix a bit of the NFT space, the Web3 space and the DeFi space. So that's gonna be a quite interesting thing, I think, going forward. I think the DeFi for for business, not only from what we are offering, but what the actual use cases is, is quite interesting. Um, the, the main issue, just to kind of explain that to the user is, on a blockchain, people don't exist on a blockchain. People exist in the real world. So we yep. need to replicate ourselves on the blockchain. That's very difficult. We do this with these private keys, which are these really weird numbers that people have to memorize. And that's always a bit of a trick. So the upside of a company on enterprise would be that since a company's digital anyways, you could actually register it on the blockchain. And from that point on, you would have a very interesting approach in how finance between businesses, contracts, and so on could be done. So I actually think that could be a very, very exciting path forward, especially now that more and more businesses have caught up to how exciting DeFi can be. 
the the energy is amazing at this fintech festival. So when I came uh, over, Expo is a huge, huge place, but it's filled with people, and the car park was full. Uh, I've been talking to so many people just this morning alone, and I can feel the energy and the excitement here. And and there's a great um uh, a lot of people are flying from from outside as well over here. One of the things I'm also loving about the event is after uh, the uh, lockdowns and pandemic to be able to see so many people in person and to be back in um, event space. Uh, and also has been the surprising growth in new technologies in the last three years. I've heard of some of them, I've seen some of them, but now you're really seeing the explosion and maybe NFTs was a distraction while DeFi was quietly building the mountain. I mean, you, I saw this with the Formula One, which was basically the first event here in Singapore after pretty much the opening up now. And it was, you could already see how just people wanted to get out and experience again. And now this is the first really large kind of event again after the, the opening. And yeah, you see it. I mean, I think it's the largest fintech festival they've ever had. There's more people here than ever. It's, yeah, it's so filled. And, and I agree. I mean, there's people who haven't seen in years with the lockdowns and everything. And now you see them in person. It's super exciting. Tracks in the Finiverse. Before I end, we have a segment called Tracks in the Finiverse, and we're asking people what music would power their journey. Uh, so, um, uh, is there one that you've got? So, I'm going to give you a super unexpected answer. I have three very young kids, and when I'm in the car with them, I always have to listen to children's songs. So, I listen to almost no other songs right now than children's songs. So. Yeah, it would be probably like something like Baby Shark or something. Oh, no. Or Wheels on the Bus. Because <laughs> it's what I'm used to all day, day in, day out. I don't get to listen to my own music anymore. That's the sad thing about being a young dad. Well, uh, when the children <laughs> So are... I don't know if you want to put people here on a torture chamber, but that's the song, yeah. Okay, no worries. I thought you'd be going for Cake by the Ocean, but that's when your children are older. But no, thank you. Uh, and uh, for all of our listeners who don't want to have Baby Shark repeating in their head, now's a great time to turn the episode off. Yuzin Chua, Julian Haas, it's a pleasure to have you on Waves in the Finiverse. Wishing you the best for a successful uh, launch of Cake DeFi Enterprise and uh, have a happy Singapore FinTech Festival. Thank you very much, Walter. Thanks. Thank you. This has been Waves in the Finiverse. Why not hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Thanks for listening.